Welcome back to Act Two of the Christmas Variety Show. Here's our host, Peter Englert. So I just want to mention that our next group is with Steve Harrow, Hannah Harrow, and Abigail Cook. They're members of the Kenaniah Project, which is an ensemble that fuses together elements of classical, jazz, and folk music. Each member brings their eclectic musical experience to collaborate the creative process with a desire to further their mission of uniting faith and artistic excellence for the glory of God. They released their first album, Psalms, Hymns, and Spiritual Songs, earlier this year on digital CD and all on streaming platforms. Let's welcome them today.
Good evening, everyone. It is true that the group's purpose to glorify God through uniting a classical jazz and ethnic folk music, and you can hear that on a recording. And we've heard the classical kind of folk contingent on that sweet little Jesus boy. And Abby's certainly a gifted classical player, a graduate of Eastman School of Music. And so I'm going to do a hymn that has not known to be a Christmas hymn. Sorry, I ruined the venue. But it's always meant a heck of a lot to me. And it's about Jesus through and through. And it's close to my heart through the years when life was overwhelming. I would sing this. And so this is a powerful hymn. But we will throw you a surprise at the end to make it more Christmassy. So I promise we'll get to it. And uh, I relate to my brother over here, the jazz guy, because I'm the jazz contingent in our group. There's a few others, but I'm one of them. So there'll be a little bit of that in here as well. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. On Christ the solid rock I stand All of the ground is sinking sand All of the ground is sinking sand When darkness veils his lovely face I rest on His unchanging grace In every high and stormy gale My anchor holds within the veil On Christ the solid rock I stand All of the ground is sinking all of the ground is singing sand. His oath is covenant, his blood support me in the whelming flood when all around my soul gives way he then is all my hope and stay on Christ the solid rock I stand all of the ground is sinking sand oh all of the ground is sinking sand when he shall come with trumpet sound oh then and him be found dressed in his right 
righteousness alone Faultless to stand before the throne Oh, Christ the solid rock I stand All the ground is sinking sand But oh, that all other ground is sinking sand. Thank you. Rich Chrisman from Forefront will be coming and introducing our next artist. Hi, everybody. So Christmas traditions can't be complete without storytelling. Uh, story is something that, of course, gives us models for living. Stories are things that can warm our souls when they get cold. Uh, stories are things that can introduce us to friends that will never die. I am pleased right now to uh, introduce an actress and a reader who is going to come up and regale you with a classic Russian uh, Chris Christmas tale um, that was originally translated by Leo Tolstoy from its original into English. Um, it is called Papa Panov's Christmas. So um, please join me in welcoming Catherine Sulo, who will be reading a story for you now. Okay. It was Christmas Eve, and although it was still afternoon, lights had begun to appear in the shops and houses of the little Russian village, for the short winter day was nearly over. Excited children scurried indoors, and now only muffled sounds of chatter and laughter escaped from closed shutters. Old Papa Panoff, the village shoemaker, stepped outside his shop to take one last look around. The sounds of happiness, the bright lights, and the faint but delicious smells of Christmas cooking reminded him of past Christmas times, when his wife had still been alive and his old children little. Now they had gone. His usually cheerful face, with the little laughter wrinkles behind the round steel spectacles, looked sad now. But he went back indoors with a firm step, put up the shutters, and set a pot of coffee to heat on clothes to heat. Then, with a sigh, he settled into his big armchair. Papa Panoff did not often read, but tonight he pulled down the big old family Bible, and slowly tracing the lines with one forefinger, he read again the Christmas story. He read how Mary and Joseph, tired by their journey to Bethlehem, found no room for them at the inn, so that Mary's little baby was born in the cowshed. Oh dear, oh dear, exclaimed Papa Panoff. If only they had come here, I would have given them my bed, and I could have covered the baby with my patchwork quilt to keep him warm. He read on about the wise men who had come to see the baby Jesus, bringing him splendid gifts. Papa Panoff's face fell. I have no gift that I could give him, he thought sadly. Then his face brightened. He put down the Bible, got up, and stretched his long arms to the high shelf in his little room. He took down a small, dusty box and opened it. Inside was a perfect pair of tiny leather shoes. Papa Panoff smiled with satisfaction. Yes, they were as good as he had remembered, the best shoes he had ever made. I should give them those, he decided, as he gently put them away and sat down again. 
He was feeling tired now, and the further he read, the sleepier he became. The print began to dance before his eyes so that he closed them just for a minute. In no time at all, Papapanov was fast asleep. And as he slept, he dreamed. He dreamed that someone was in his room, and he knew at once, as one does in dreams, who the person was. It was Jesus. You've been wishing that you could see me, Papa Panoff, he said kindly. Then look for me tomorrow. It will be Christmas Day, and I will visit you. But look carefully, for I shall not tell you who I am. When at last Papa Panoff awoke, the bells were ringing out, and a thin light was filtering through the shutters. Bless my soul, said Papa Panoff. It's Christmas Day. He stood up and stretched himself, for he was rather stiff. Then his face filled with happiness as he remembered his dream. This would be a very special Christmas after all, for Jesus was coming to visit him. How would he look? Would he be a little baby, as at that first Christmas? Would he be a grown man, a carpenter, or the great king that he is, God's son? He must watch carefully the whole day through so that he recognized him however he came. Papa Panoff put on a special pot of coffee for his Christmas breakfast, took down the shutters, and looked out of the window. The street was deserted. No one was stirring yet. No one except the road sweeper. He looked as miserable and dirty as ever, and, well, he might. Whoever wanted to work on Christmas Day, and in the raw, cold, and bitter, freezing mist of such a morning, Papa Panoff opened the shop door, letting in a thin stream of cold air. Come in, he shouted across the street, cheerily. Come in and have some hot coffee to keep out the cold. The sweeper looked up, scarcely able to believe his ears. He was only too glad to put down his broom and come into the warm room. His old clothes steamed gently in the heat of the stove as he clasped both red hands round the comforting warm mug as he drank. Papa Panoff watched him with satisfaction, but every now and then his eyes strayed to the window. It would never do to miss his special visitor. Expecting someone? The sweeper asked at last. So Papa Panoff told him about his dream. Well, I hope he comes, the sweeper said. You've given me a bit of Christmas cheer I never expected to have. I'd say you deserve to have your dream come true. And he actually smiled. When he had gone, Papa Panoff put on the cabbage soup for his dinner, then went to the door again, scanning the street. He saw no one, but he was mistaken. Someone was coming. The girl walked so slowly and quietly, hugging the walls of the shops and houses, that it was a while before he noticed her. She looked very tired and was carrying something. As she drew nearer, he could see that it was a baby wrapped in a thin shawl. There was such sadness in her face and in the pinched little face of the baby that Papa Panoff's heart went out to them. Won't you come in, he called, stepping outside to meet them. You both need a warm seat by the fire and a rest. The young mother let him shepherd her indoors into the comfort of the armchair. She gave a big sigh of relief. I'll warm some milk for the baby, Papa Panoff said. I've had children of my own. I can feed her for you. He took the milk from the stove and carefully fed the baby from a spoon, warming her tiny feet by the stove at the same time. She needs shoes, the cobbler said. But the girl replied, I can't afford shoes. I've got no husband to bring home money. I'm on my way to the next village to get work. A sudden thought flashed through Papa Panoff's mind. He remembered the little shoes he had looked at last night, but he had been keeping those for Jesus. He looked again at the cold little feet and made up his mind. Try these on her, he said, handing the baby and the shoes to the mother. The beautiful little shoes were a perfect fit. The girl smiled happily and the baby gurgled with pleasure. 
You've been so kind to us, the girl said when she got up with her baby to go. May all your Christmas wishes come true. But Papa Panoff was beginning to wonder if his very special Christmas wish would come true. Perhaps he had missed his visitor? He looked anxiously up and down the street. There were plenty of people about, but they were all faces that he recognized. There were neighbors going to call on their families. They nodded and smiled and wished him happy Christmas. Or beggars, and Papa Panoff hurried indoors to fetch them hot soup and a generous hunk of bread, hurrying out again in case he missed the important stranger. All too soon, the winter dusk fell. Papa Panoff next went to the door and strained his eyes. He could no longer make out the passersby. Most were home and indoors by now anyway. He walked slowly back into his room at last, put up the shutters, and sat down wearily in his armchair. So it had been just a dream after all. Jesus had not come. Then all at once he knew that he was no longer alone in the room. This was not a dream, for he was wide awake. At first he seemed to see before his eyes the long stream of people who had come to him that day. He saw again the old road sweeper, the young mother and her baby, and the beggars he had fed. As they passed, each whispered, Didn't you see me, Papa Panoff? Who are you? he called out, bewildered. Then another voice answered him. It was the voice from his dream, the voice of Jesus. I was hungry, and you fed me, he said. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was cold, and you warmed me. I came to you today, and every one of those you helped and welcomed. Then all was quiet and still, only the sound of the big clock ticking. A great peace and happiness seemed to fill the room, overflowing Papa Panoff's heart until he wanted to burst out singing and laughing and dancing with joy. So he did come, after all, was all that he said. Thank you, Catherine. We'd like to welcome the Houghton Choir up one more time.
One of the many wonderful things about Houghton University is that we have uh, three graduate programs across campus. One of those is in music. This next piece will be conducted by a second-year graduate student in choral conducting, Miss Rebecca Scharf, and she will be leading Dan Forrest's The Hands That First Held Mary's Child.
when you're the podcast host, you can kind of get applause when you want it. So it's yeah, pretty you just, great. You just do whatever you want. Uh, I, mean, I don't know about that. You've got that. the microphone. Uh, you know, my wife is a Houghton Highlander. She would uh, disagree with you. But anyways... Dr. Kevin Dibble, welcome to the table. Thank you for having me. Well, here we go. So here's the question. Why does Christmas give us peace? One thing that we at Houghton and the choirs have been reflecting on this year regarding Christmas, peace, but really our, our music making and what we celebrate in general is the idea that it needs to be put into context. And I think Christmas is easy to think about the manger and a baby and uh, find peace in the imagery that we we associate with Christmas. But really, the eternal peace comes from the fact that Christmas isn't the end of the story. Christmas isn't what we celebrate in and of itself. Christmas is part of the story. The peace comes from the birth, life, death, resurrection, and eternal life that we have with Christ. That's sort of where we've been wrestling with this uh, finding meaning and peace through this idea of Emmanuel, God with us. So let me ask you this. How long have you worked at Houghton and been with the choir? Oh, dear. Uh, that's sort of a loaded question. Uh, I went to Houghton a few days ago, uh, did my undergraduate and master's there, and then I taught there for two years, and then I left. Uh, and I went to Philadelphia and taught in Philadelphia. I went and did my doctorate at the University of Iowa, went back and taught at, in, in Philadelphia at Temple University that was up at Gordon in Massachusetts. Houghton is sort of like a dog with a bone. It gets a hold of you, it just doesn't let go. Uh, so, so a door opened, and this is actually my first semester back. This is your first. So uh, in all of your travels, did you have to do Christmas like Houghton does? No. So <laughs> the music world, the academic world, is not a very sacred place, if you didn't know. So there are places that will do holiday concerts, and Santa will come out and conduct jingle bells. Uh, there are places that will do holiday concerts, and you will do Schubert masses and Beethoven and Bach concerts and nothing sacred Christmas at all because they won't touch the idea of Christmas in a public institution. So while there have been some places that I've been able to enjoy making Christian sacred Christmas music, uh, none quite the, uh, at the same level of intensity as we have found this last week at Houghton. So the reason I ask that is you know, there is something about the peace of an old song, of, refine, uh, of refinding or rediscovering. And so even just as you shared, I'm, I'm sure some of our listeners and some of our audience, there's something about Christmas, about recapturing it. What's it like for you this year as you focus on peace? So this year, uh, we've been talking about contextualizing the songs that we sing. So those old carols, we have some you'll hear in a minute. We're going to do an arrangement of the Sussex Carol that is a carol we all know, but it's a bit new, a uh, different arrangement. But for me personally, I've been reflecting on the ways in which Christ speaks directly to me and putting myself and encouraging my students to focus on how they can be spoken to and commune with God personally. So we sing these carols. Uh, there's a line in a, a piece that we're about to sing uh, called The Hands That First Held Mary's Child, uh, where the, the choir sings, uh, 
It's, it's all about Christ being born and Joseph as a construction carpenter, uh, heavy, hardworking hands with splinters and uh, saying that the, the, the last line said, the tools that Joseph laid aside, a mob would later lift and use with anger, fear, and pride to crucify God's gift. And we've been talking about the idea that as we think about those texts, uh, in reality, what we are saying is the, the tools that Joseph laid aside, Kevin would lift and use with anger, fear, and pride because none of us are above sin, right? But the, the reality is that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So that applies both to those sort of heavy moments, but also to joy to Kevin, the, the Lord has come. Joy to Peter, the Lord has come. Uh, we get to personally interact with our God. That's one of the uniquenesses and one of the great joys of uh, being a believer is having that direct personal connection with Christ. Well, we're going to see you in a little bit. So thank you so much. That was a great way to close and segue. And uh, yeah, let's give it up for, for uh, Dr. Kevin Dibble one more time.
I would be remiss if I did not, in fact, thank the gentleman who has been at the piano, Professor Andrew Reith, who is on faculty at Houghton University as a collaborative pianist and the associate director of choral activities and does sort of a bit of everything. He is an alum of Houghton's graduate program. So we have invited him, since he's been playing the piano so diligently for us all season, uh, we have invited him to come down and conduct the next piece, which is Dan Forrest's setting of The Work of Christmas.
We will only do two more. One more, we will sing uh, Dan Forrest's Carol of Joy for you, and then we will close this evening by singing together Joy to the World. Oh, mm-hmm.
Well, thank you everyone for coming out tonight. Just uh, another round of applause for everybody tonight. So as, as is uh, becoming tradition here, our second uh, A Christmas Variety Show, um, I just want to close with a liturgical prayer for you guys. This is um, an Eastern Orthodox Christmas prayer that um, has stood out to me for a couple of years now that I'd love to leave you guys with. But uh, before I begin it, um, the refrain throughout, it's a, it's a call and response prayer as is common in the Eastern tradition. Um, so before I start it, uh, repeat back with me, God is with us. Let's do it one more time. God is with us. Now you can repeat it in your head as I read the prayer. God is with us. Understand this, O nations, and submit yourselves, for God is with us. Hear this, even to the farthest bounds of the earth, God is with us. If you rise up again in your might, you will be overthrown, for God is with us. We will ascribe holiness to the Lord our God, and him we will hold in awesome fear, for God is with us. And if I put my trust in him, he shall be my sanctification, for God is with us. I will set my hope on him, and through him I shall be saved. Lo, I and the children who God has given me, for God is with us. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them a light has shined, for God is with us. For unto us a child is born, to us a son is given, for God is with us. And the government shall be upon his shoulder, and of his peace there will be no end, for God is with us. And his name shall be called the messenger of great counsel, wonderful counselor, mighty God, the everlasting father, the prince of peace, the father of the world to come. Glory to the father and to the son and to the Holy Spirit now and forever and to the ages of ages. Amen. God is with us. Understand this. God is with us. Amen. <laughs>